chapter 3, beginning with verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from the Spirit or from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except Spirit be with him or except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's a natural birth. That's what he's talking about there. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That's a spiritual birth. He said, Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. I'm turning to the book of Romans tonight also. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. like to begin with verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father or of the Spirit, that's a perfect reference to flesh and spirit, he said, even so we also should walk in newness 
of life. Everybody said praise the Lord. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. I'd like to preach for a little while tonight on dead and buried and risen again. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Sometimes people do things that uh, will cause you to wonder. It'll make a wife wonder, okay, where's my husband and what have you done with him? Because he just come in to do something so nice and so unexpected. Same thing, wife could meet the husband at the door and have dinner ready and the aroma fills the place and everything just nice and right and he, she's like, got just everything just the way she knows he's going to like it. And he's like, okay, where's my wife and what have you done with her? Because he's so amazed at this wonderful act of kindness. And I guess it not being all the time just sometimes makes it that much nicer. Well, there was a fellow in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel, and the Scripture teaches that he... Uh, was sent on an errand. Being sent on this errand, the Bible teaches that uh, there was a prophet, a seer. In those days, they sometimes called the prophet a seer. I think sometimes that's because he was able to see down the road. And so he, uh, the prophet gets a hold of this individual on the errand, and he begins to tell him that you're going to have an experience. And to do what God wants you to do, you're going to have to have this experience. So I'm going to tell you what's going to take place. And so he did. And having already seen it and heard it from the Lord. And so the young man goes down the road and sure enough, he has an experience and the Spirit of God comes upon him. And the Bible said it turned him in to another man, different person. Now, he's still outwardly, in some ways, same face, same hair or lack thereof. Uh, no doubt certain features about him were recognizable. But yet, the change that took place, for God had given him another heart. For you to understand that it takes, you must be born again. It does not matter anything else that you might be about and be doing, any kind of errand, any kind of career or vocation or walk in life. Jesus Christ made it clear to a man that was sitting on the Supreme Court of the land, and he said, you must be born again, and don't let that be such an amazing thing that I'm saying to you, that I am telling you, you must be born again. Don't let this cause you to, you know, your mind to shut down or something. Don't let it cause you to run away and hide somewhere or to avoid what I'm telling you. He said, you must be born again of water and of the Spirit after the man came back with human thinking and human reasoning.
can't I just do this? How would that happen? I don't understand. And all the other things that were boiling up out of this man's heart. But Jesus said you must be born again of water and of the Spirit. Just as the prophet sent the fellow down the road and said this is going to happen, and in other words, it must happen if you're going to do what it is God has for you to do. You're going to have to become another person. You're going to have to have another heart. There's going to have to be a change, a spiritual experience change in your life. For that which comes from the flesh, he said, that's of the flesh. That's where that's coming from. Many people can put on certain looks and certain styles and certain presentations, but it's just the flesh. It's just human spirit. But here Jesus said, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. This has got to be a born again. This has got to be you becoming another person. This has got to be what is described that the old things will pass away. For behold, God has given you another heart, another nature, another spirit, another attitude. That's why after Jesus giving them above 500 instructions to go and receive the Holy Ghost, to be born again of the Spirit, that about 120 obeyed him. 380 went in the opposite direction, which is so typical in human reasoning and human thinking. And they just went back about the old lifestyle. They just continued in their old way with their, got a little religion and we're okay. But Jesus said, you must, you must get this spiritual experience. You must be birthed by the Spirit. And so, about 120 did the, the right thing, which should be the simple thing. And sometimes it's not simple because it's old flesh can be so stubborn and cantankerous and contrary and can completely miss what God is saying and misinterpret what God is saying. But about 120, they, they got with it. They got with the program. They went down to the road about a half a mile, depending on the standard you use, and they got to that upper room of the church house. And as they begin to praise and worship and magnify the name of the Lord, the Bible teaches that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They all began to speak with other tongues or languages as the Spirit gave them the utterance or the ability to do so. They were baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, and thereby they were placed in the body of Christ. They are now bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. They are now another person. When they went home and there was no cigarette anymore, there was no dope anymore, there was no desire for liquor or pornography anymore. There was no uh, things that before were going on in their lives that they were excited about and chasing after that were constantly just uh, destroying their lives or leading them astray and distracting them like the 380 going in a different direction from what the Lord's direction was. And now there's a change, and it's a change for the good. And 
family and friends and co-workers will look at him and say, what have you done with my friend or my wife or my husband or my schoolmate? Where, what have you done with them? Where are they? Because this is a different person standing in front of me. This is somebody different. This is somebody that won't tell dirty jokes anymore. This is somebody that was stealing and won't steal anymore. This is somebody that ran to riotous excess and they don't do that anymore. Well, the answer is they're dead, they're buried, and they're risen again. That's what happened to them. They're dead, and they're buried, and they're risen again. They repented and died to their sin and sinful lifestyle. They were then buried in the name of Jesus Christ in water baptism. And coming up out of the waters, they receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, and they're in the church, and they're a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. They're another person with another heart. Amen. You know why people get dead? Because sin becomes what the Bible said exceedingly sinful. It's like your eyes are open and you realize the things you've been doing are wrong. You realize the things you've been chasing after are vanity and a vexation or an irritation of your life. Sin all of a sudden becomes much more recognizable to you. You see it for what it is. That's dirty. That's nasty. That's unclean. That's vanity. That's worthless and useless and obsolete in value. That's just stuff that's down here that I'm chasing after and wasting my life and going downhill in the wrong direction. Sin becomes exceedingly sinful. You begin to see the devil like he really is. He's a destroyer. He's an angel of death. He's not something to embrace. He's not something to give your life to. He's not something to chase after. His inventions, no you realize sin all of a sudden rears its ugly head and you see it as an ugly thing sin becomes exceedingly sinful to you things that you once paid no mind now all of a sudden it's like wow woo! I don't want to go near that I don't want to go around that I don't want to be involved with that and then I'll never forget when I first uh Brand, brand new, just baptized in Jesus' name, just repented of my sins twice because my pastor told me before I get baptized I had to repent. I wasn't going about to tell him. I said, I already did that. I figured I just better be quiet and go do it again. And maybe he knew something I didn't know, and he always did. So I definitely made the right decision. I went ahead and prayed and got alone and coughed it up, and God reminded me of things, and I coughed that up and made a good repentance. I was dying to sin. And family and ex-friends, I say ex because they became ex-friends. They didn't want to be around me. I told one young man that I hung out with all my life, he said, I went back home for a few days to witness to everybody, and his parents owned a gas station, and I went there and got some gas, and he came out to pump the gas, and I started talking to him. He said, so what are, you, what are you doing now? And I said, I'm a preacher now. And he rolled off the end of the car fender and fell on the ground laughing. Where's my friend? And what did you do with him? He's dead, he's buried, and he's risen again. 
And that's why you don't really recognize him because he's another person. He's got another heart. There's a brand new man walking in those shoes. He's been raised up in the gift of the Holy Ghost and he is absolutely another person. Big rich fella that uh, had a lot of businesses and a lot of things going on and, and he, uh, he knew me. And he, he's one night he... He and his friends got all over me and didn't want me to go to church anymore, didn't want me to live for God, didn't want me to get involved with that, and so on and so forth. And, and he, all of a sudden he said, come on. He said, I bet you I can throw this football further than you because we used to always play ball a lot. And I said, I said, well, I said, I'll throw the football. I said, but I'm not going to bet you. He got furious. In other words, where is this guy I know, and what have you done with him? He's dead. He don't do that anymore. He died to that. He died to the gambling spirit. He got that casted out. He died to that. He got buried in Jesus' name, washed in the blood, and now he's got the Holy Ghost, and he's got something better to do with his life. Was given to God and let God do something good with it. Now, you know what the problem is? The problem in 2008 is that for many people, sin is no longer exceeding sinful. They can look at things and do things and not even bat an eye, not even shrug their shoulder. It doesn't cause them a pause about anything. It's all just accept it. Just let it happen. Don't wait at nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm stronger than that. I'm above that. All of a sudden, sin isn't ugly to them anymore, and they're petting a nasty snake. Did you ever hear about the woman and her husband that went to Mexico on a vacation, and she said, oh, look at the little starving dog. I need to take that home, honey. I'm going to take it home, and I'm, I'm going to, they're not going to let me do this, so I'm going to hide it. I'm going to put it in my big old oversized purse. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to take it home, and come on, baby. I'll take you home. I'll feed you. I'll feed you. I'll make you healthy and strong, and you'll get big and plump and fat. And she got it home, and one day she was worried because it didn't look so good, and something just didn't strike her right. So she took it to the vet, and the vet said, that's not a dog. That's a rat. Talk about losing discernment. <laughs> Talk about not knowing what you're fooling with. Sin for some people is no longer something that they scrunch up their face and say, ooh, ooh, I don't want that. It becomes something that they start loving. They start petting. They start plumping it up in their life and fattening up, and that big old devil just sits all over them. And they just think it's, and of course, what they need to do is getting a good Holy Ghost service and let the Holy Ghost thunder right down and tell them, that's sin. That's distracting you. That's destroying you. Eventually, that's going to kill you. Nobody wants to hear, the, what's wrong with this and what's wrong with that? The problem is your discernment is off. The problem is you become dull. The problem is that people overall are saying, and now while they're saying that all this stuff is okay, Oh, we don't want to say the word blood anymore. We don't want to sing about the blood anymore because people get offended. It's, it's not seeker-friendly. The blood of Christ is not seeker-friendly, huh? Then how in the world are you going to get rid of that sin? Oh, you don't recognize that as sin. That's right. That's right. People are just going to take it all into themselves and going to die in sin. It's better to die to sin than to die in sin. You better recognize what form of cancer we got going on in this world and say, I don't want that. I don't want nothing to do with that. 
sin becomes exceeding sinful. It gets your attention. And God makes you into another person. And he gives you a new heart, a new life, a new spirit, a new attitude. And that's where the old song was, the things I used to do. I don't do them anymore. Things I used to love, I don't love them anymore. Oh, no, because I'm brand new now. This is another another spirit in me. It's not that old devil spirit anymore. Not that old sinful spirit anymore. I've been taken and cleaned and washed by the right thing. I'm dead. I'm buried and I'm alive in Christ. I'm born again now. That's my answer to you. It's not a generic born again. It's a chapter and verse. How to be born again. To be baptized in Jesus' name is to be born again of water. To be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost is to be born again of the Spirit. You don't want just any Spirit. You want the Holy Spirit. And it gets inside and it cleans up the inside of you and produces something clean and holy and modest and godly on the outside. While you remain standing, let me tell you what our family said when we were had this great truth in our lives and we went home to witness to them. They said, we would rather see you. We would rather see you in drugs and we would rather see you divorced than in, in what you're in. Of course, because they, they liked the sin. They related to the sin. The quarreling, the fighting, the cussing, the hatred, the gossip, all the soap opera of life. Oh, they loved all of that. But they didn't like what the Bible say. They, they like darkness because their deeds are evil because they're in sin, just like I was. But now I'm not. Now I'm in the light. Now I'm dead and buried and risen again. And, 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 and they, they can't identify with that. All they can do is get convicted by that because it pulls the cloak off. And, and the sin is revealed. And they see the stark difference between their sinful lifestyle and your now dead, buried, and risen again. And they see that this good change in you only to them, it's not going to be labeled good because it's convicting to them. They feel that feeling that so many people say, I don't want to feel that feeling. That makes me feel bad. I want to stay where I feel good. You don't know what a good feeling is until you're born again. Everything else is a fake and a sham and a phony and a pretense and doesn't last. It's, it's a pleasure of sin. It's just a short season. And that's the implication of the scriptures when it said it's but for a season. That's what it's trying to tell you. It's very short, as life is. How much better to be that, get that, become another person. You don't want to be that old nasty you, that complaining you, that mealy mouth you, that picking apart you, that, that thing, that, that one that just, you know, always walking in the wrong direction and doing the wrong things and acting the wrong way and trying to convince yourself and everybody else that you got it together, that you're really somebody. You want to die to sin. You want to recognize sin, and you want to die to it. Like J.L., hello, where are we? got a JL coming. You like JL, you got to take out the hammer and take out the nail and bam, right through the head of sin. Like David, you got to take the sword of the enemy and cut the head of sin off. You got to make sure it's dead. You want to root it out. You want to get the root of bitterness out. You want to get deception out. You want to get compromise out. You want to recognize sin. 
You don't be standing around, what's wrong with this and what's wrong? You need to know. You need to know. And if you become another person, a brand new you, born again, and you're dead, buried, and risen again, you're going to know. What did it say? Try the spirits. You get a little confused. You start testing that thing. You just test it by chapter and verse. You test it by the word of God. And I'm going to tell you what. You test it a couple of times, and then you're going to know it. And the next time it comes around, what did they say to uh, Nehemiah? He said, he said, they came four times to try to get me off the wall. He said, and then they sent another guy with an open letter the fifth time. You know the devil going to come back, and he's going to come back, and he's going to come back. You know, after a while, duh, you wake up and say, I know that. That's sin. That's wrong. That's rebellion. That's disobedience. That's sit down and don't do anything for God. That's back up and give up and let down. You recognize that spirit no matter what invention it's robed in. No matter what kind of commentary it's robed in and disguises itself in. Oh yeah. You wake up to that. And you try that. And after a while you know it when it comes around. That old devil tries to sneak up on you the fifth time, the sixth time. You say, I know you. I know you. Yes, sir, and after a while, let me tell you, the devil's going to right back and say, yeah, I know you too, and I know you're fixing to get me out of here. <laughs> and that's what we do. Didn't they say, I know thee, thou holy one of God? I know who you are. And Jesus told him to be quiet. You want me to put it rough? He said, shut up. Hold your peace. You know, the old devil goes to open his mouth. You're the Christ. You're going to cast us out. He said, shut up. <laughs> that's basically what he said. Hold your peace. And then he casted them out. Amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Lord. If you are one God, tongue-talking, baptized in Jesus' name, living Romans through Revelation, the teachings both inward and outwardly, and you recognize sin, you know the devil when you see him, no matter how he dresses himself up and clothes himself and comes to deceive, you know that spirit and you know how to try a spirit and you keep on and you keep on and you got your, the devil doesn't like to be pulled out in the open. He doesn't like to be his mask taken off to know who he is and what he's doing. He don't like you to put your finger right on that thing and name it for what it is. He hates that and I'm telling you, he hates a one God person. He trembles about that. That's why he comes after us. That's why he wants to make any kind of havoc he can make. That's why he wanted Nehemiah to get out off the wall and try every trick he could. I'll tell you what you do. You just go ahead and join Nehemiah up on the wall and say, I got a sword in one hand, my Bible, and I've got a hammer in another hand, and I'm going to do the work of the Lord. And what you're saying and what you're doing is exceeding sinful. Amen. Somebody told me something that somebody said the other day. Something about uh, they were on the blog. They were blogging. <laughs> and uh, I think it's blah, blah, blonde, but anyway, they were blogging. And uh, they were just going on about uh, all the things. My favorite ball team and my favorite TV show and my this and what I want in life I want to go to Paris and I want to have a perfect kiss in the Eiffel Tower and going on with all this junk and and then and and ain't nobody going to tell me that I can't do this and I'm nobody going to tell me the young man said about cutting my hair the hair looked like it's got a bowl cut you know down over his ears with a bowl and you go around and that's it you know got the bowl cut and uh and and nobody going to tell me about this nobody gonna t- and I said yeah and all of that 
stuff they're saying and then turn around and say, Ooh, I got the Lord. That's just a little bit contradictory there. You know, because see, all that rebellion that gets masked and wrapped up in that, Oh, I know the Lord. You know, sorry. That kind of so-called self, that's not so-called, that self-righteousness is stinking, nasty, filthy, with holes in it, uh, garments. And the Lord said, I, I'm looking at that sin, and I want to take that and change your garments. I want to make you another person. I want to give you a brand new way of thinking, a brand new way of dressing, a brand new way of praising. I want to give you a brand new life. I want to make you another person. I want to give you another heart. I want to give you a my spirit. Sayeth the Lord. And everybody said amen. 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 Let's take a moment. Lift our hearts with our hands. It's so good. So good to come and hear that you must be born again. And that there's something so much better. What are we going to do with the old you? We're going to make it dead. We're going to bury them. And we're going to raise you up in the Holy Ghost. The resurrection power. You're going to be a new person. You're going to be a new person. Somebody comes around mealy-mouthing, gets you down off the wall, you're going to say, oh, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. I know that spirit. Not getting involved with that. Not hearing that. Oh, no. I'm not even going to let my hand listen to that, much less my ear. No, sir. Come on. We're going to sing and worship. Let the righteousness of Jesus Christ become exceedingly righteous to you, shining and glorious, filled with God's glory. Come on now. Come on now. Jesus. Oh, the blood Jesus. It washes white as Come on now. Lift your heart with your hands in the name of the Lord. 